this morning I want to speak to you on the language of faith. Tell someone the language of faith. Amen. Faith is a language that we speak. Faith is an atmosphere that is created. The reason why faith is so important is because God only functions in an atmosphere of faith. And an atmosphere is very important because it determines so many things. Last week I shared with you on overcoming a depressing atmosphere. And we learned a few things. This morning I'm continuing from there. We need to speak the language of faith. Tell someone the language of faith. Now, you see, the language of faith does not describe the current situation. It describes the future expectation. The language of faith does not describe your current situation. It describes your future expectation. What you expect is what you declare. Because the scripture teaches us in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, that death and life lies in the power of your tongue. In, in other words, the tongue has the power of life and death. Your tongue has the power of life and death. That is why no matter how you are tempted, you don't have to speak certain negative things into your situation, into your circumstance, into your case. When we speak the language of faith, we don't describe the current situation. We describe our future expectation and what we expect God to do. Things may not be right in the home, but don't speak this marriage is going to kill me. Speak life into it. Hallelujah. This child is going to kill me. Oh, you are a useless child. If you speak useless, he shall be useless. But when you speak life, life will come to him. Because there's a mystery of the tongue that is on our, in our mouth. And the scripture teaches us that the tongue has the power of life and death. Amen. So the stakes are very high. Your words can either speak life or your words can speak death. Our tongues can build others up or they can tear them down. And when we look at Jesus, we learn a lot from him. We also learn a lot from men of God that walk with God that you realize that they spoke the language of faith even when the circumstance didn't look right to them. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever we are going through, no matter the mood and the situation, I want you to learn to speak the language of faith. Because God works in an atmosphere of faith. Satan works in an atmosphere of fear. So doubt and fear promote satanic activity. It creates the atmosphere for demons to operate. But when we begin to speak life, even when our eyes can't see life, life begins to show up in Jesus' name. The language of faith does not describe your current circumstance. It describes your future expectation. Hallelujah. So you call it by what God calls it. You don't call it by what the situation looks like. Amen. You describe it by what God describes it. So for instance, when you are going through any situation, you don't call it a problem. When you call it a problem, you find out it's difficult to solve it. But when you call it a challenge, you begin to face the challenge and overcome it. Amen. Hallelujah. When, when you have got stumbling blocks, you can choose to call them stumbling blocks or you can call them stepping stones. If someone comes to pick up a lot of bricks in front of your door and you can't come out, you can choose to stand on it and speak. Or you can choose to stay behind the door and say they have blocked me from coming out. Whenever you see a rose plant, you will see there are thorns. 
The choice is yours. Either to describe your, your rose as your rose as thorns or your thorns as roses. It is how you describe it that will even tell you that you can live or that you will die. Something must change about how we speak to situations. And the word of God teaches us and Jesus serves as an example for us. This morning I want us to turn to Mark chapter 5. And the verse number 35 to 43. In Mark chapter 5, the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ was on the streets. He was preaching. He was on his way to another location. And the Bible said that whilst he was on the street, a man called Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came out desperately on the streets. And he cried out to him that he should help him because the daughter was sick at the point of death. Take note of the sequence. The daughter, by the time the man left home, his daughter had been sick to the point of death. Now for Jairus to come out of the house was a very serious thing. Because the Jews have opposed Jesus in everything, in anything. So for the ruler of the synagogue to come out, it means it is desperation now. It is desperation. No wonder Nicodemus also came at night. There are times the person you are fighting is the one that holds the solution to your issue. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that when he came, he said, my daughter is sick at the point of death. So he saw a worse situation that moved him to come out. But whilst he came out, and then he asked Jesus if he could come and heal the daughter. And Jesus said, yes, I'll be going with you. But then whilst Jesus was ready to go with him, another woman also has an issue. The Bible says she has been bleeding for 12 years. And she has spent all her money on physicians, specialists. She has a serious problem and under Jewish law, she's not supposed to come out. She's not even supposed to come out at all. When in Jewish law, when women are in their menses, they are not supposed to come out at all. But this one, this one has been bleeding for 12 years non-stop. That means that for her, she has been quarantined times 12 years. And yet, because she had a problem, she decided, I don't care what the system says, I'm coming out to meet Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, when you know what is chasing you, you run to look for Jesus. And the Bible says that when she came out, she too, she decided the thing is that nobody wants me. Society don't want me to come out. There are too many men around Jesus. And the Bible says she decided to exercise faith. She spoke and said, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She believed she will be made whole. And the Bible says she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She was healed. And Jesus felt that power had gone out of him. And so the Bible says Jesus stopped and started talking to this woman and said, who touched me? And the woman owned up. And the Bible says Jesus began to speak. And I said every time that somebody is in need. Jairus is standing there. I saw my daughter about to die. I have come to call for help. And you too, madam, if you have been healed, go away. What is this testimony? That Jesus is now taking testimony. Jesus is doing third service. Second service, third service. You are still wasting the time. My daughter is at the point of death. And the Bible says, whilst Jesus was talking to this woman, hallelujah, look at the verse 35. That's why I have to give you the background so that we can start from 35. So you understand why 35 starts with, whilst he was still speaking. Whilst he was still speaking. Whilst he was still speaking to this woman who has been healed and he was still talking, standing there and talking, the Bible says some people came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and they informed him that your daughter has died. 
your daughter is dead. Your daughter is sick and your daughter is dead are two different things. Sick, there's hope. Dead is a difficult situation. The Bible says that they said it aloud that your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the man anymore. And of course, this is a ruler, so his servants will come and lie to him about anything. This is not a full matter. This is a serious matter. They said, don't trouble the master anymore. You know, sometimes we go through circumstances we feel this is beyond us now. Even it is beyond God. I came to announce to you, nothing is beyond God. Hallelujah. Why trouble the teacher any further? And look at Jesus' response, the next verse. And the Bible said, Jesus overheard them. These, these are not discreet servants at all. It's true, it's bad news. They want to announce it, but there's, there's a way that you have to carry diplomatic language. When someone is dead, you don't just say your mother is dead like that. We don't say that. Somebody shouldn't die for another person to die. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler, do not be afraid, only believe. This morning, I came as a servant of God to announce to you, I don't know what appears dead in your situation, but don't be afraid, only believe. It means that the news would have provoked a fear atmosphere around the man. But because already, you see, what was happening here, why Jesus had to speak this way, is that many times these things happen to us. You see, when the man first came, he spoke to Jesus and said, would you come and heal my daughter? Jesus said, yes, I'm coming to heal. Whilst they were on the way, a woman who was bleeding inter intervened, and then she had a healing. Now, when she had a healing, that would raise the faith of this man. Do you understand what's going on here? I mean, if, if you have the same situation, you say, my God, my child will be well. Because this woman, she, even Jesus didn't go to her house. She only touched his garment, and 12 years of bleeding stopped instantly. Then if he's coming under my roof, my God, my daughter is going to leave. So whilst his faith went up, Suddenly, it was shut down by a news that your daughter had died. And Jesus quickly came in and said, hey, don't let that destroy the faith that was building up. Because I need that faith to operate. God is powerful, but he needs your faith to operate. Many times we read in the scripture and he says, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has done that. Your faith has done that. So bad news destroys the faith. But good news, the way you program your mind will help you to progress in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says, Jesus says, do not be afraid. The old King James says, fear not, only believe. This morning, fear not, only believe. Only believe. Only believe. Things will turn out for that child. You have not given birth to that child in vain. Things may not be looking well, but don't be calling it the name society calls it. Call it the name God calls it. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say, we're going to fail these exams. No, minus me. I'm not failing these exams. I'm passing these exams in the name of Jesus. I am me. I'm not like everybody. I have a God. He says, believe. Don't be afraid. Now, then the Bible says, and Jesus took the man with him. Verse 37. Then Jesus stopped the crowd when he got to the place. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Whenever you are speaking the language of faith, the language of faith is also spoken in the atmosphere of certain people. So the Bible says when he got to the house, the Bible says people were crying. 
people were weeping. He had 12 disciples with him. He decided to take Peter, James, and John. They will believe anything. But not Brother Thomas. You can't take Thomas to this place. When you start talking to the dead, say, Master, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> this one is, Jesus, what are you saying? Don't embarrass us. He's dead. But Peter, James, and John, they will believe anything. They will hope for anything. And Jesus needed these guys among his team. You may have many friends, but you must know the faith ones among them. They are the ones you take to challenging places. They are the ones you discuss certain things with. And you know they can stand with you and pray with you. And support you and hold your hand. You need some people who will tell you it shall be well. You don't need people who when you had the first miscarriage, they say, ah, oh, it might happen again. Because I know that sister, and she is five times she miscarried. I know the other brother too. The wife, ten times she miscarried. She will give, they will give you testimonies of the negatives. Ah, about those who miscarried once and they now have twins. Give them that testimony too. Oh, your daughter has this problem at school. Ah, I know the other one, she committed suicide. And this one to this one, this one to this one. Can you forget about those people? Move away and pick some Peter, James, and John with you. And the Bible says when he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, he saw a lot of people. Much commotion and weeping and wailing. And he went inside and asked them, what is the meaning of all this commotion and weeping? As if he didn't know why he was here. Glory be to Jesus. And then the Bible says, then he said, the child is not dead. She is asleep. The language of faith. He spoke the language of faith. He didn't describe the current circumstance. He described the expectation. And so he said, you people are calling it dead. But I call it asleep. If it is asleep, I can wake it up. If it's dead, then it's beyond our control. So he called it by the name God will call it. In the name of Jesus. Don't call your situation dead. Call it asleep. If it's asleep, we will wake it up. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Anything that is asleep, we can wake it up. Unless it fails to wake up. As the girls will say, when you pretend you are dead, we, will be, we also pretend and bury you. <laughs> if you pretend you are dead, we will also pretend and bury you. If your situation pretends it is dead, we will wake it up by all means. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that Jesus came in and said, she is not dead, she is asleep. And the Bible says they laughed at him. When we begin to speak the language of faith, some people will laugh at us, but we don't care about them, we care about what we want to have. Because when you are dealing with God, you are not dealing with humans. What is impossible with man is possible with God. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put all outside, when they begin to ridicule you because you are speaking the language of faith, put them all outside. Hallelujah. Put them outside your circle of friends. Have, have demarcations. Have, have, have a tag on the types of friends you have. Those that you just say hi to. <laughs> those that maybe you just wear the same cloth with. And those that you share faith with. Amen. And they ridiculed him, but when he had put them all outside, glory be to Jesus, put them all outside. When they put them all outside, he took the father 
and the mother of the child and those three who were with him. He took them into the room. If you are the mother of the child and the father of the child and you decide to, to doubt, you too, you have a problem. But your expectation is very high that this child will live. So he needed them because they won't doubt it. And then the Bible says he took them with him into the room. He has said this one is sleeping. This one is not dead. Look at his approach to what is sleeping. And the Bible says, the next verse, verse 41. Then he took the child by the hand. This one is dead. You don't want to touch it. He just held it. And said to her, as if he's asleep, he said to her. You don't speak to the dead. But he spoke to her and said, Talitha Kume. This is Aramaic, which means little girl. I say to you, arise. He's sleeping. So I can just wake and say, get up. <laughs> Hallelujah. What appeared dead to the others who were crying, when Jesus came, he spoke the language of faith. He said, this one is not dead. This one is sleeping. May you learn to communicate correctly in the midst of the circumstance because death and life is in the power of your tongue. When we speak, words are spirits. What I'm speaking, you can't see it. Can you see the words I'm speaking? If you begin to see it, we have a serious issue. <laughs> it's madness. Madness is when you begin to see words and hearing pictures. <laughs> we, see, we see pictures and we hear words. So, but you see that the words have effect on people. When you speak, sometimes when you came in this morning, you were feeling very down. But as I started speaking, your faith is rising. There's something powerful about words. Words are spirit. Jesus said the words I speak to you, they are life and they are spirit. So when we speak, the power of God supervises those words. And when we speak doubt, Satan also supervises those words. That's why we must be careful what we confess and what we declare in the name of Jesus. It may look bad today, but it is not the end of the road. A bend in the road is not an end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. I said a bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. So when you see that you are driving and there is a bend, keep driving. Keep moving forward. Don't look at the street and say, oh, we are lost. No, keep moving forward. There is a way out in the name of Jesus. And so Jesus did not call it dead. He called it asleep. This morning, look at your situation and call it asleep. Look at the situation and don't call it by the names that others are calling it. Call it by the name that the word of God calls it. If it is asleep, we can bring it back from the dead. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, the girl immediately stood up. And she walked around. And the girl was 12 years old. And Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. But I know they will go and tell. Anytime he tells people not to go and tell, they go and tell. Then he told them to give her something to eat. Amen. Give her something to eat. Practical side of things. In Jesus' name. Amen. So after we have made declarations, we take practical steps. In Jesus' name. Look at another situation where Jesus refused to call it dead. See the language he has been using. Please come with me to John 11. Verses 1 to 5, and then we will take verse 7 to 16. John 11. The Bible says a man named Lazarus was sick. John chapter 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The fourth book in the New Testament. Not first John, second John, and third John. 
by John. Yohane. Yohane is papa. You children, John chapter 11, verse 1 to 5. <laughs> verse 7 to 16. <laughs> A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. This woman gave offering in church. Her offering was very, very expensive. In fact, when she gave offering, the finance director at church, Apostle Judas, said this is a heavy offering. This money could have been given to the poor. <laughs> the money was big because the alabaster box of oil was an expensive one. Historians believe that it is something that she would have inherited from family. This sort of thing. For if you look at that family and you look at the expensive oil that she took to honor Jesus, it's something that has been passed on from generation. This time they said, I will worship Jesus with it. So these people have been coming to church. Remember Jesus went to their house to eat? Yeah, he goes to their house to eat. They serve him food. He's eating whilst he's preaching. He enjoys their home and everything. And now their brother, who you knew, is sick to the point of death and they called you for help and Jesus didn't mind them for two days. You know, sometimes when you are going through crisis and you pray, it feels like God had moved house and left no forwarding address. It's like you cry to God and where are you? And it feels like he's not there, but he's there. His mighty hand is there. Keep having faith in him. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. And I've come to a place of concluding that even if God does not answer all my prayers nor grant me all that I need, I will still choose Jesus Christ for he is a far better option than the devil and unbelief combined. He is a far better option because he created me in his image after his likeness. If he could watch over me in the womb for nine months and I was born, then he can take care of me no matter what happens. And no matter what hands life throws at us, God is able to do something. Because what you are going through that appears as a surprise to you is not a surprise to God. That means that he has an option for you. If you keep on holding on in him, he's able to turn the situation around and launch you into that situation for a better blessing. In Jesus' name. It was that Mary who had anointed Jesus with oil, whose, bro whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus and they said to him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. See, they are adding spices to the message to move Jesus. Say, your friend, <laughs> the one whom you love. Amen. And please, the love he has for Lazarus is not homosexual love. Let me not go there. He whom you love is sick. Next verse. You'll hear, you see another one too. Some people have been making case with me. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Hey. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Amen. He said, this sickness will not end in death. Now later we read the guy died. 
So what did Jesus mean by this sickness will not end in death? It means that even if he dies, it won't be the end. You see, so he has already started speaking a language of faith into the situation. What do you say when you hear what sounds like bad news? What do you say when the doctor's reports come? We thank God for doctors. They, they, they are studying from the one who created all of us. Hallelujah. But their verdict is not always the final one. God has the final say. When God has not finished with you, no one can finish you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He said this sickness is not unto death. That means it will not end in death. It will not end in a hopeless case. That means even if he dies, he will bring it back. It's not the end. May we be strategic in the confessions we make. In the statements we make. May we learn to consistently speak the language of faith in the face of adversity. The Bible said, so messengers came and they delivered the news to him. And his response to them was that this sickness will not result in death. It will not end in death. But what is going on, God will be glorified in the situation. I pray for you that no matter what the enemy does, God will be glorified in your situation as you continue to speak the language of faith. One day, Joseph told his brothers after over 25 years, when they later on came to bow before him, he said to them, you meant it for evil, but God turned it around for my good. God turned it around for my good. And so the Bible said that when they came to announce to Jesus, he just said that to them. And the servant went back. The guy went back. Is Mary and Martha, is he coming? Ah, he said, this is not going to end in death. No, we said you should tell him to come. I delivered the message. It wasn't a mistake. This is what he said. Did he give any indication he's coming? Well, he didn't say anything. He, this is all that he said. They said, are you sure? Why is Jesus is not coming? We can see that his health is failing. We can see he's not breathing well. We can see this is bad. Jesus, where are you? And no show. <laughs> Look at it. The Bible says, so although Jesus loved Martha, hey, again, and her sister and Lazarus, is he in love with all of them like that? Glory be to Jesus. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So you see, when the news came, he decided to stay two more days. He didn't go. I came to announce to you, divine delays are not denials. His delays are not denials. Sometimes what we think is delay is God actually working things out. So when he does it, no one will take the glory. Only he will take the glory. Hope in God. Don't give up. Don't give up on that home. Don't give up on that child. Don't give up on that dream. Don't give up on that mission. Don't give up on that career. Don't give up on things because things seem to be fighting against it. You see, sticks and stones are thrown at ripe fruits. When you see a tree that has got so many marks on it, it tells you it has been bearing fruit. When we're growing up, sometimes during long vacations, we go mango line. Mango lines, we have we are armed with a lot of stones and catapults and things like that. There are certain trees they suffer in our hands. We climb it, we do a lot of things because it bears fruits. Others, too, you see them, they are looking very nice. Nothing. We don't worry. When, when you don't produce anything, nobody worries you. Hallelujah. If you don't like criticism, don't do anything. And even if you don't do anything, they'll criticize you for not doing anything. <laughs> 
Whatever you do, people will talk about it. Give people something to talk about. Just move on and do something great. Hallelujah. And let God fight for you in Jesus' name. So the Bible says, after this, he waited two more days. And then he now said to the disciples, let's go back to Judea, verse 7. But his disciples objected, Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there's danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Is that in your Bible? The news that came earlier on said he was sick. Jesus waited two more days and now the guy is dead. Now that he's dead, you say we should go. And when, you see, no messenger came again to tell him Lazarus had died. No one came again. But because he's God, he knows all things. I came to announce to you what you are going through, he knows it. Keep your faith in him and keep your trust in him. He knows it. No one came again to tell him the man had died, but he picked it in the spirit because he's God. And then he said to them, instead of saying to them, breaking news, Lazarus is dead. He said, he's asleep. Did you see him use the word again? The scripture we read earlier on in Jairus' house, that everybody said dead. He came and said asleep. This time too, the man had really died. And yet Jesus said, our brother Lazarus is sleeping. Let's go and wake him up. You see, brother Thomas. I told you that's why you will need Peter, James, and John, but not Thomas. See, Thomas, quick to speak. Look at him. Next verse. Then his, his disciple says, If he is sleeping, he is going to get well. See, they still don't get it because they have been told he's sick. Now he's able to sleep. So they are telling him, If he's sleeping, then he's going to get well. <laughs> However, Jesus spoke. Of his death. Have you seen it there? Jesus spoke of his death and yet he called it asleep. Even the men around him, they had walked with Jesus but they couldn't pick it that he's not going to use that language. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Thomas makes it worse. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. But if you look at it, Thomas said something. He said that if, if he's dead, if he's sleeping, we must let us go and also, okay, let's, let's carry on. We'll, we'll get there. Then he says that because they were struggling to understand the sleep, he has to tell them plainly, he's dead. People are forcing me to say something I don't want to say. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. If he's dead, he won't be saying him. He would have said it. He's still looking at the situation that this one is going to live again. I came to announce to you, don't call your case a hopeless case. It is a hopeful one. God is able to turn it around in the name of Jesus. When it was sick, Jesus didn't show up. He waited for it to die. Sometimes God may allow the thing to look like it's worse so that his glory will be seen in the mighty name of Jesus. The guy is dead. And now Jesus waited two more days, the guy died. Then he waited two more days. So by the time he came, it's been four days since the man had been dead. Four days. When someone dies after 12 to 24 hours in pathology, there's something that we call rigomotis. Begins to take place. Some chemical changes takes place. And after rigomotis has taken place, both reverse and forward, it is not possible for that body to be back 
to, to life anymore. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. So there was a medically impossible situation for Jesus to raise this one back to life. And as soon as he died and they waited for this, they have also wrapped this body and buried it. Look at the Mediterranean heat. The rate of decomposition will be very high. And with all that, Jesus is still confidently saying, we will go to him. Amen. And then brother Thomas, who is called a twin, he was a twin. He said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Look at this man. We may die with him. You see, this is the reason why you don't need certain Thomases around you when you have to do some miraculous things. He said, let us go so we will die with him. Who told, who told you about dying with somebody here? <laughs> Thomas, pa, you don't understand. <laughs> we want to go and raise the guy. You want us to die with him. All of us should go and die with him. Ah, and this guy too has been walking around Jesus. <laughs> this one is a looker. He's not a seer. Find people who are seers. There's a difference between looking and seeing. See, looking is gazing, but seeing is recognizing something within what you are, you are looking at. That's why sometimes some people will say, I am looking, but I can't see. I am looking at it, but I can't see it. And sometimes you are talking to someone and say, I see what you mean. <laughs> you see, I see what you mean. So that means they have captured it. They have got an insight into what you are describing. Thomas is walking around Jesus. He's a looker. May God deliver you from looker friends. And may you have seers around you in Jesus' name. So the Bible said, Jesus described the situation as asleep and not dead. Thomas said all that he said. Jesus didn't give him an idea. Let's go. So the Bible said when they came, they found that he had already been dead in the tomb for four days. And we know the rest of the story. Jesus asked that they take the stone away. They said, by this time, it is stinking. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is a specialist of stinking situations. What others describe as stinking, that's what he comes to touch. When nobody wanted to touch a leper, he touched the leper and made him whole. I don't know what your situation looks like. It may look like a stinking situation, but he's a master of situations and circumstances. Hallelujah. He's a master of stinking conditions. He holds an MSc, master of stinking conditions. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Mary said, by this time it is stinking. He said, take it off. And then he called him out. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says the man who has been buried for four days stood. And he started walking. He said, take all those things off him and let him go. He refused to call it dead. He called it asleep. Don't call it dead. Call it asleep. In the name of Jesus. When all the specialists and experts say, this condition of the child, this is what it is. Say, thank you very much, but I know that God has also said this. I will confess what God said. I will take all the medicines, but I'm confessing what God says. Because I know that doctors medicate, but it is God who cures. Finally, 2 Kings chapter 4. Verse 18 to 26. I shared that briefly with you last week. The Bible said that 
Elisha had been passing through Shunem for some days. And a great woman in Samaria, a very wealthy woman, but a very spiritual woman. Elisha had been passing by. He doesn't have a tag or an ID on him that says, this is the prophet of the land. He's been passing by. And the Bible says one day the woman looked at him and the Bible says she said to the husband, I perceive. May the Holy Spirit cause your eyes to be opened. He said, I perceive that this man who has been passing by is a holy man of God. Let us make room in our house so that we can accommodate him anytime he comes to town. Let him spend the time in our house. Let us provide for his needs. And so the Bible says the husband agreed and they built a, a room in the house for the man of God. And anytime he comes to town, he rests in the place. And the Bible says, whilst he was also receiving such curses and good treatment, which is the nature of every servant of God, the thing that comes into their spirit is, what can I do here? What is the reason why this is going on? What do they need? Etc. Because you, the foot of a man of God does not step into a house for fun. Amen. And the Bible says that Elisha therefore said to his servant, can you find out from this woman, what do they need? And then Gehazi, the servant of Elisha said to him, the husband is very, very old. This one too, you see that she's very advanced in age, but they have no child. So I think that is the situation. He said, call the woman. So he called the woman and then Elisha prophesied and said, next year by this time, you will embrace a son. And the Bible says it came to pass exactly according to the words of Elisha. The woman had a son. And the Bible tells us that later on as the child grew, one afternoon, the Bible says she bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elijah, Elisha had told her. Then the scripture says in the verse number 18, and the child grew and now it came to pass one day that he went out to his father to the reapers, he went to the farm, to the parlor. And the Bible says, and he said to his father, my head, my head, I'm having headache, headache, headache. And then the Bible says, so the man said to the servant, carry him to his mother. It's normal thing, isn't it? Sometimes when the child comes to the father, I say, go to your mother. May God help all the men in the church in Jesus' name. The boy has come to daddy, my head, he said, go to mother. It's mother pharmacist thing now. Everything mother, everything mother. <laughs> It will go to mama. <laughs> it go to mama. Is mama in the house? When mama is not in the house, you see all the men are just basa. <laughs> because when they enter the kitchen, sometimes they look like strangers in their own kitchen. They don't know where things are. <laughs> they don't know where the medicine is. Hey, what has mommy been giving you? <laughs> May the men know the shoe sizes of their children. In Jesus' name. <laughs> They'll be calling size 8 old, old adult size 8. They don't know there's some size 13 and others too. They say 13 is too big. 13 is too big. <laughs> the Lord help the ignorance of the men in the house in Jesus' name. <laughs> he said, my head, my head, I'm having headache. He said to the servant, carry him to his mother. So the Bible says they carry the boy to the mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap. He sat on her knees till noon and then he died. 
ladies and gentlemen, this was a miracle baby. This baby was a miracle baby. He was prophesied and he was born. And now he has died. And sometimes when things die around us, we have got a lot of excuses to give or explanations to give. When God himself has not given us those explanations. Somebody would have told this woman, don't worry. Let's bury him. Maybe God wanted you to just have a child. Just to show to the world that you are not necessarily barren. But maybe it's not God's will for this child to live. I mean, how can God do things like that? Sometimes we, we bury what must not be buried. May God help us in Jesus' name. So when he had taken him and brought to his mother, he sat on his knees, on her knees, till he died. The afternoon he died. And around noontime he died, verse 21. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. What a woman of faith. She's already communicating the language of faith by her own actions. We may not be told what she spoke, but the Bible says the child died and she carried the child. She was not making noise. She carried the child. She knew this one is dead. And she took the child, not to their bedroom because there's no power there. Not to anywhere, but realize there's a house. There's a room in the house where a man of God has been lying. The place where this child was prophesied, I'm taking this one there. Sometimes your problem may look very crazy. Take it back to the church. Take it to church. Take it to God in prayer. Take it again to the place where the prophecy came from. And use it to remind God that, Lord, you can't fail like this. This one doesn't look like you in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says she carried the child and laid him on the bed of the man of God. And she shut the door on the child and went out. Still, there's no breaking news on social media. She's not panicking. Even the servants are not sure what is happening. She's speaking the language of faith. Sometimes it is composure. And she's confessing things within her faith. God, you didn't give me this one to die as a teenager. No way. It's not happening here. And she began to confess and began to move about. And the Bible said, then she did something very interesting as she communicated the language of faith. Then the Bible says, she sent a message to her husband. Send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. The message sent to the servant, to the husband is not, our son has died. No. Send message to him that I need him to send me some servants with donkeys. Maybe you are not driving donkeys today, but you have got some cars. Tell your husband, send the message and say, please get me the car. I'm driving to Belvedere to go and see the man of God. <laughs> that is what she was doing. He said, I'm going. He said, but why are you going? It's not your time. It's not the time of the season where the man of God comes around. It's not the time for new moon or anything that you are sending sacrifices to him. So what is the matter? Look at her response. She's not panicking. She's believing the God who made all this possible. He said, why are you going today? He asked. It's neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But she said, it is well. Her response was, tell my husband it is well. I just want to go and sort some things out. Again, have you seen the trend here again? There is a distinction. There are some people you can talk faith with. Others you can't. If you told the man the boy is dead, the man would say, honey, honey. I told you, this honey thing. He produces diabetes in the relationship. Call, call him some special name than honey and sugar. But whatever, let's say he calls him honey, as some of you like honey. Me, I don't like this honey thing. <laughs> it's too sweet. Honey. Hi, honey. 
coming. <laughs> My sugar. Whatever. I'm sure the husband would have stopped her. He said, don't, don't worry yourself. I know this thing is a woman thing. And these women, sometimes you're too emotional. Just, just don't worry the man of God. I don't want to embarrass him. Just, it's all right. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken care. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's have a funeral and bury. But the woman did not say that to him. Because probably he knows his faith. That it will fight what she's exercising. So the Bible said, just like I told you about what Jesus did. He took Peter, James, and John, put all the others aside. He realized that, no, this one, this one, this one won't work here if we have to speak the language of faith. So he kept it away from him and said, it is well. She kept on confessing, it is well. We all know what is lying in the room is not well. But she kept on confessing, it is well. She said, it is well. And the Bible said, so she saddled the donkey and she said to the servant, hurry up. Don't slow down unless I tell you to. Verse 25. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. So he said to Gehazi, look at the woman from Shunem. She's coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything well with you, your husband and your child? And her answer was, it is well. Hallelujah. They asked him, is everything well with the child? She said, it, she said it is well. Really? Is it well? She knew what was in the room. She knew what she carried to the room and locked the door. But she kept on saying it is well. Remember, she said to the husband, it is well. Remember, that means on the street, she was still saying it is well. She was still confessing it is well. She was still using the words. She was still communicating faith language. Faith describing her expectation, not the current circumstance. I don't know what you are going through. But I came to announce to you, it is time to speak to that situation. It is well. And you see, she didn't even say it shall be well. She said, it is well. A definite conclusion. By faith, it is well. I don't know what's going on in the relationship, but it is well. This morning I came to prophesy to someone here. I don't know what you have heard, but it is well. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I don't know what you have seen, but it is well. She continued to communicate this and they got to Elisha. So finally she managed to get to Elisha. She fell before Elisha and she said, did I ask for a child? It is you, by your own judgment, who decided to bless me and pray for this child. And the child is dead. Elisha said, no worries. The Lord hid this one from me. But it is not the end of the road. And he gave his staff to Gehazi to carry along. Gehazi too, he has been serving, but not serving correctly. So he carried the, the staff, but he couldn't raise the dead. Until the old man got there himself. And the Bible says he raised the boy back to life. Hallelujah. The expectation of the woman was met. The expectation of the woman was met. If she did not speak the language of faith, that boy may have been buried. And it is not the will of God for that boy to be buried. There are certain projects we have buried because we haven't checked with God. The circumstance is too tough for us. And we conclude maybe it's not the will of God. There are some relationships we just abandon it because, oh, I just can't stand this anymore. And it's not the, maybe it's not the will of God. Have you checked with God? May the Lord deliver us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. No matter how dark, darker it gets, day will soon break. Have you noticed the darker it gets, soon day breaks. In Jesus' name. In the midst of darkness, may we still speak life. When you get back to that house, no matter what is going on, announce to every four corner in the house, this house is under new management. 
By the power of the name of Jesus, I speak life into my marriage, life into my home, order into my home. This bad news will not destroy my mission in life. In the name of Jesus. Stir up your faith and I believe that God will act on it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. To this morning you have heard three different examples of the language of faith. I pray that you'll be able to apply them in your situation in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Everybody may complain about the economy, but we know that God who holds the economy in his hands. In the name of Jesus. If he could bring Israel out of Egypt. And take care of them for 40 years. None of them worked anywhere. For 40 years. He took care of them. For 40 years. Babies were being produced in the wilderness. No major hospitals. But the hand of God was on them. The Bible says that their natural force. Their physical strength did not wane. And their shoes did not go bad. Nothing happened. The hand of God was on them. Supernatural provision and supernatural preservation saw them through the wilderness. There's nothing that the God we serve cannot do. In the mighty name of Jesus. So this morning, exercise faith in God. It is not a hopeless case. In Jesus' name.